Hello, welcome to CPP Chat, the only podcast for C++ developers by C++ developers that thinks that this intro joke has run its course now. So we're going to be looking at something a bit different next time. However, before we get started, John's here to read this week's disclaimer. Thank you, Phil. The content, information, opinions, and viewpoints contained in these educational materials are those of the authors or contributors of such material. While CPP Chat and its committees take great care to screen the credentials of the contributors and make every attempt to review the contents, CPP Chat makes no warranty expressed or implied as to the completeness or accuracy of the content contained in the educational materials or on this website. The reader of these materials uses these materials at his or her own risk, and CPP Chat shall not be responsible for any errors, omissions, or inaccuracies in these materials, whether arising through negligence, oversight, or otherwise. Reliance on any information appearing on this site is strictly at your own risk. So, um, it looks like we have we have three guests who have not been on the show before, and I'm, I'm starting to see a pattern here. A few episodes ago, um, Phil had me outnumbered with with uh, people who work at JetBrains. Then he had me outnumbered by people with musical ability. And now he has me outnumbered by Londoners. And I'm terribly afraid that they're ganging up on me because of 1776. And I want to start out by saying that wasn't my idea. I had nothing to do with it. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. (laughs) So Phil, will you introduce our our three Londoners? Yeah, actually, before I do that, I just want to say... um... Uh, for anyone listening in, in London who comes to the C++ London meetup, well, if you don't come, you should. Uh, if you do come, you, you may know our guests already. But it was about a year or so ago now that uh, one of our guests, uh, Tom, Tom Brezer, came up to me to ask if we were going to do any more, any content that was particularly suited to people who are beginning in C++. A lot of what we were doing was going uh, over some people's heads. Um, so I said to him, well, well, well volunteered. And uh, they started a, a parallel group called C++ London Uni. And there's now a, a core committee of three members who um, who put on some great content every week. I'll, I'll let them tell you more about it in a moment. Um, but that's who our free guests are. So as well as Tom, we have uh, Ollie and Tristan. Wave, wave, Tom. So maybe, uh, uh, Tom, you'd like to introduce yourself a bit more first? Yeah, okay. So my name's Tom. Umbreza, uh, I run a company, PC Service, we deal with IT support for businesses in central London. Uh, but just to correct John, I'm not born and bred Londoner. Uh, I'm, so, you know, just, just to help you a little bit, I was born and bred in Poland and I moved to UK actually 20 years ago. Uh, so in May is about 20 years. So. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I kind of detected that that was not a London accent, but you know, I don't really know my accents that well. But that was just my <laughs> guess. Uh, so, some time ago, obviously, I was I, I tried to find some resources where I could learn C plus plus, and you know, I found Phil, and that's basically the beginning of the story. Okay, we'll come back to that. So, maybe uh, Tristan, you want to introduce yourself next? Uh, so, my name's Tristan. I'm not a born and bred Londoner either. Um, I'm from the UK originally, uh, but I, I spent many years living in Australia. And I, I moved back to Britain a bit over a year ago and started going to these C++ London meetups and started talking to this guy, Tom, who wanted to find somebody to teach C++ and foolishly volunteered to do it and been doing it ever since. We'll definitely be asking you about that a bit more yeah. in a moment. And, uh, and Ollie, then. Yeah, hi. Um, so, strictly speaking, I'm probably not a Londoner either, really from around Hemel Hempstead. Spent several years in uh, Hungary, went to LA, but the amount of time I've spent in London, I've spent more time in my life in sort of other places. But I, I like it, it's great. Um, I do see Papas for work, of course, and it's largely the same story as Tristan, really. Um, got roped into it, and um, turns out I actually quite like it. So, I stuck with Excellent. Well, technically speaking, I'm also not a Londoner. <laughs> Since we're well, L- London's a very cosmopolitan city. I think lots of people yeah. end up there that don't start out there. Yeah. So, um, so Tom, you you started this group. Um, what, what what were you thinking at the time? Well, <laughs> I the reason I started, I'm a geek, uh, and I love to learn new new things. I started uh, playing with Arduinos and so on. Uh, and I realized my coding skills are not up to the scratch. 
that was very clear when I built with Arduino uh, an alarm clock. Uh, and I had a problem how to set alarm. So I said, okay, I had a problem comparing hours and minutes on alarm to the current time hours and minutes. I said, okay, simple solution. I'll add the f- two figures. So let's say 1101, yeah, 11201. Yeah, so three in total. So I'll set the alarm to three. What I didn't really think, you know, I was doing this pretty much around midnight, uh, that these kind of things will occur a little bit more often. So my alarm, which is supposed to start at seven o'clock, it starts six minutes past one. I got <laughs> in trouble with my wife and I said, <laughs> okay, I have to do something about that. <clears throat> I start learning with uh, Udemy, great, uh, you buy the course and so on. But you can't ask a teacher quite quickly if something is, if you want to expand and so uh, on certain topics. It wasn't really easy. Uh, I learned a lot from the books. Uh, then I said, okay, maybe the, the on-site course, yeah, I pay the money, I go to the course in London. Uh, I tried that, but the problem was it was really like racing through the, through the, through the material. And I found like, oh my goodness, there's so much material. I like you're learning, learning, and actually you think you start getting somewhere and then you realize there's so much more. I said, I need help. Uh, and I couldn't find anything. And I said, you know, I started looking around. I was hoping to find something like Hackathon, but there wasn't anything. At least I couldn't find it. And then I went to the C++ uh, London. And as I said to Phil, well, okay, all fair. I didn't understand pretty much anything from that. The, 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 the topic was so advanced. Uh I remember uh, uh, Andre Grasing was was uh, telling, and he got really amazingly clean and, and nice looking code, but the explanation was way hard for me. So I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And I run. So the next meetup, I come back, you know, I start talking to feel like maybe there is some opportunity there, and he said, "Like, why not? Why not? You why why, why you don't start doing something like 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 you want?" And I said, "No." he doesn't want to do it oh, okay I'll, I'll try and I think uh, Phil that was you who recommended to, for me to talk to Tristan uh, and we started chatting um, and I was happy to you know to start it as soon as possible I set, I set some of the days we found this space and that's how it started and we're going Excellent. Well, we'll come back to that. But uh, you mentioned uh, Tristan. I know Tristan's been doing a lot of the, the, the teaching of these meetings. So maybe you can tell us about what you've been doing and, and where you've been getting it from. What a, where to start? Um, the beginning. <laughs> uh, well, the beginning um, was was really there. Was a, you, I think you actually, Phil, sent out an email to everybody who subscribed to the C++ London list saying, does anybody fancy doing some teaching it'll only be for probably for five weeks or so i was like yeah why not five weeks how hard can it be and um yeah and a year later or almost a year later here i am still doing it um and uh you and tom i think came up with an initial syllabus which uh turned out to be quite ambitious um but that that was really that gave me a starting point so i i sort of tried to follow that until i realized that it was just not going to be possible to cover all of c++ in five weeks can i make a comment here yes Uh, i think this is one of the problems that happens is that people don't appreciate how much material there is even people who who understand c++ don't think about how much they themselves know in other words you know if someone says well we'll just teach this one topic and then you sit down and you realize, well, to really cover that topic, that's going to take, you know, it's a small topic. It'll only take three hours to cover or whatever. I mean, you know, it's like there's just a lot that we expect C++ programmers to know. Not a little bit, a lot. And once you know it, you think, well, it's not that much. It's not that big a deal. Well, that's you feel that way because you know it. You try to explain this to someone the first time. It's a lot of material. Absolutely. That, um yeah, you're, you're spot on there. Uh, there's so much that, as you say, you just you just don't realise that you know and you do automatically until you have to sort of write it down, and then you 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 try and come up with a with a plan for okay, so I'm going to teach this, but before that you need to know this, and before that you need to know that, and uh, yeah, it turns out yeah, C plus plus is 
huge and yes. hard. And, and yeah, and there's that circular problem. It's like, well, if I teach you everything about this, in order for you to know it, you need to know this. And then in order to know that, you need to know that. And then th- there's no beginning, right? It's, it, it really is. It's like a circle. There's no place. It's like, okay, this is the logical starting point. I'll teach you this. And then everything proceeds from there. It, yeah. it really is. It's actually much more complicated than a circle, but a circle is the two dimensional equivalent of what it is. That's like, you know, you can pick an arbitrary point, but you have to understand that in order in order to go in one direction, you have to have all this background that you can't possibly get. So in other words, I can't tell you everything about X before moving. I'll tell you a little bit about X and then we'll move on. And then we'll loop back later on when we know about something else. We'll loop back and we'll say, oh, it turns out X is more complicated because it also does this. Or yeah. Whatever. So, I mean, obviously people want to, one of the first things you want to do is use some sort of data structure, a vector. Well, how do you teach people vector? Do you really want to be teaching them templates very early on in a course? Well, no, but you don't want to use raw arrays either because that's pointers and they're horrible. So you've, you've sort of got to say, okay, a vector is this sort of magic thing container that can hold some other type and you put the other type in the angle brackets and just trust me on that for a bit and we'll teach you what a, a template really is later on. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. I, I think it's it's a huge mistake to say, I'm not going to teach you anything about how to use a template until I've taught you how to write a template. That's just crazy. But that's, that's what some people try to do. And so they end up teaching people arrays and character pointers before they teach them vectors and, 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 uh, and strings. And that's just yeah. crazy, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I've sometimes heard it expressed that you have to lie to your students for a while. And you have to say, well, you know, pretend that things are simple like this. Actually, they're not, but we'll come back to that later. Just so that they've got something to hang their hats on while they get the next level of knowledge up before they can come back and and tackle it. For beginners, you have to give them a certain amount of trust me on this. And just say, for now, just do this. It's magical. It will work. And later on, we'll talk about how the magic works. But to start with, we have to start somewhere. I mean, you could imagine someone saying, okay, here's Hello World, and I'm going to start with the first character. This is a a pound sign. And the reason we use that is because of the preprocessor. You've (laughs) lost them, right? I mean, no. What you have to do is you say, okay, you magically put this at the top of your header, and we'll talk about why later. But just for now, just assume that's always there. And that's all you can do, right? For pure beginners. Yeah. I think it's quite telling that in C++, there's so much of that just in Hello World. Right. Yeah, that's true. There's just a lot of magic. Um, but how else are you going to do it? I mean, if you give them all of the background before you give them, you know, people want to write programs. They want to, they want to write something that does something. I want to type something in and watch the computer do magic. And, um, and if you're going to explain all the background to them before you actually write main, you will have spent six hours explaining all this stuff none of which is important to actually making a program run. So, <laughs> so uh, Tristan, uh, I warned you about this before the show, but uh, you, you let John ask you a question and that's taking you off track. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you finish your story? I can't remember what I was talking about before, so <laughs> exactly. it probably doesn't matter. <laughs> well, but maybe we should, uh, we should ask Ollie what his, his involvement's been. Well, how did you get involved, Ollie? Um, so I ended up sort of finding out a week too late um, that it had already started. And then I showed up to essentially what was the second um, lesson, which I believe was down in Southwark actually at the time. Um, and then I think I ended up missing one after that and gradually sort of managed to manage to manage my work so that I could sort of get there on time and all that sort of stuff. And then we sort of made our, our transition to code over around most of the time now. Um so, so really, it was, it was mostly organic. Obviously, I'd heard of it the, the same way as Tristan had. Um, and now, largely, my involvement's sort of been uh, either doing lessons myself, um, obviously nowhere near as many as, as Tristan does, um, or occasionally filling in if needed, um, and a bit of organizational stuff as well. Sometimes code load um, doesn't give us space, for example, so my company kindly does uh, provide that when we're in a pinch. Um I also managed to redesign our website recently, so um, it doesn't sort of eat several megabytes of your data if you visit our website anymore. Um, <laughs> it's a nice site. Sorry? It's a nice site. I was checking out recently. Yeah, yeah. The, done a good job. I, I'm, I'm quite pleased with how the redesign went. Um, 
but, but yeah, I mean, I mean, by and large, obviously, part of it's the sort of reward um, we get from from you know really helping people, you know, in the community and also online, um, and sort of part of, part of what I've been driving at um, for us is to start actually taking metrics on um, how our students are doing. Um, and we, we've largely been achieving that sort of one through just surveys to get a sort of general feel, how they feel about the, the pace of the lessons, um, the amount of material we cover, you know, like, are you happy with the quantity of exercises? Do you want more exercises? So we've got really valuable feedback from that. Um, and then the second way is to actually sort of actually validate that they are learning and conducting, you know, little tests for them to do. Um, and, and recently, actually, that, that's culminated in a sort of... Um, realization i suppose um which is that given the way that we, we hold these lessons and they are every week um we're actually switching to a much more um well modular format um this has been sort of a culmination of lots of different discussions and i think tristan and tom i'm sure have got plenty to say on it as well um but yeah our, our latest um change essentially is that we're going to be switching to sort of these bite-sized modular chunks so it'll be roughly sort of five to six weeks so at the moment we've just fired into uh, object-oriented programming um and then i believe it's in a couple of weeks isn't it tristan that we're gonna start with what is essentially the very first introductory module yeah, yeah 18th of september we're gonna we're gonna begin at the beginning again yeah good place to start well let me ask let me ask you a few questions about your students first of all how many do you have i mean in any at any given time i don't mean how many have gone through the program but I mean, right now how many are showing up at at the weekly meetings oh how many were there on tuesday tom you uh, well, uh, I would say an average is uh, approximately 20, 20 few, plus five, between five and 10, I would say online. That's watching the stream live online. Okay. Yeah. And um, we started with, I mean, the first edition of the course, we had like 20 was the maximum, but usually was closer to 10. Uh, and when we started this, this course, uh, the initial number was 320 people. But it shows like, you know, it takes a bit of a drop, 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 quite a large uh, number of dropouts at the beginning. A, because we couldn't accommodate so many, but as well, the, the C++ is not the easiest. So, you know, some people just go in to see and my, they might just, uh, you know, say, oh, this is too difficult, I give up, which is not true entirely. Well, but but there's a lot to learn before you write your first AAA game. So maybe that's maybe there's an expectation issue there. Right? <laughs> um, okay, so who who are your students? I mean, as a profile, I mean, what did they? How much information do they come in with, or how much knowledge do they come in with, and and what are their ages? And I mean, what? So what? Give me a feel for these twenty students. The demographics. Um, I mean, it's it's hugely varied, really. Um, I mean, when, when we first started out. Um, I would say it was, it was mostly sort of completely lay people essentially. Um, so they, they, I think the majority of them, I would say had, had very little knowledge in terms of actual uh, programming. Um, that, that definitely changed, uh, the second time round. Um, and I, I would say that was largely driven by the fact that some people in, uh, a JavaScript, uh, meetup group, um, essentially became aware of us and that, that actually attracted quite a lot of them. Um, so, I don't know, would you say that's about accurate, Tristan? Second time around, yeah, quite yeah. a few yeah. So, yeah, so definitely most people this time around have had some some programming background, uh, a lot of JavaScript, some uh, Java and Python. And uh, I've had a few people who've sort of used C++ in the past, a long time ago, 10, 15 years ago, and are a bit rusty and want to, you know, want to know what all this fancy new C++11 stuff is all about. Um, so so right now, most of your students are programmers, just not C++ programmers. Is that what I'm getting? They've had some programming experience, I'd say. Not ne- They're not necessarily sort of doing it professionally. I see, they, I see. Yeah. I the see. idea of what a function is and what a variable is. The, those sorts of those aren't necessarily new concepts, which is okay. which is good because it gives you a, a starting. So, off are you teaching least. mixed classes where some people have no background in programming at all, and others do? And and if so, is that do they have any additional challenges? Yes, um, I mean it, it's 
it, it is difficult. And that, I mean, there's no getting around it that if you've had no exposure to programming whatsoever, then C++ is pretty much the hardest place to start. So um, you don't have questions like if you've declared it const, why do you call it a variable? <laughs> uh, that particular question has not come up, which is a okay. good thing because I'm not sure I'd have a good answer for it. <laughs> well, it's constant after it's defined, but it, its value can vary on each yeah. declaration. Unless it's const expert. <laughs> I think one of the one of the sort of most interesting ones is since we've had the this this group of, of programmers coming in. Um, I don't know about you, Tristan, but it seems to we get people asking sort of very good questions, very good questions, but they're they're, they're questions where they're actually sort of um, they would they would kind of take them down the rabbit hole and, and much 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 deeper into C plus plus than they necessarily want to get because they're sort of opening up that proverbial can of worms. Probably a good one was like the, the classes issue, like class versus struct. We were just trying to give them the basics, and they're already going like, "Oh, what's this visibility thing? Tell us about that." It's getting completely sidetracked. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. There are sometimes people have heard of a particular concept and want to want to know all about that. And you know, what a smart point is. How do I know? How do I use them? So, well, okay, let's just worry about defining local variables first. Let's. Well, but I, I think, you know, this is, this is one of the, I mean, this is one of the issues and, and have you, let me ask you this. Have you heard, have you seen, um, Kate Gregory's talk on stop teaching C? I have. A, it's, it, it's an excellent talk. Yeah. And I, I think, cause I think one of the things that it's, it's kind of what we were talking about earlier with vector, which is that teaching the advanced tool is actually much simpler than teaching the basic tool for the, for the exact reason that we made a, an advanced tool that was better than the basic tool, right? So teaching someone how to use unique pointer, although it has this weird property that you can't copy it, but if you can teach someone how to use unique pointer, it's a lot easier to teach them how to do that than it is to teach them how to use a regular pointer because it does magic for them and takes care of things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the thing of C++ is historically there's so many foot guns sort of baked in, which we can argue is largely inherited from C, et cetera. But um, no, I, I totally agree. And that, that's where, we, where we're going, really, or where we take it. Um, we want people to learn these wonderful new paradigms that we've been given since C++11, um, just so people don't shoot themselves in the foot as often. All right. So I think you said the magic date is September 18th or something like that. You're going to be starting over from the beginning. That's correct. Yes. So, yeah. so the two questions I have is, um, how long before the next September 18th or whenever you're going to start again, how long is the entire cycle? And what does that include? Are you taking people up to where they're using Hannah or are <laughs> we, you know, how far do we get and how long does it take to get us there? This is something that in many ways we're still trying to find the magic formula for um, because what we find is that as we're going along, as we're progressing, we get a lot of people who've you know maybe seen things online, thought, oh, yeah, I want to come along. I want to learn C++. But then we're, we're 10 weeks in and they come in and they sit in the class and they've got no idea what's going on. Um, so you want to start from the beginning often so that yes. people aren't – because once you've started, it's hard to catch up, right? I mean, if yeah. – if someone could join at five weeks and know everything the other people did, then that means you wasted the five weeks of the other people's time. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> so it's, it's a balance because, you know, if you say, okay, we're just going to do four weeks of really basic C++ and then repeat that, then, you know, people aren't going to get much further than kind of hello world. Right. So there's, there's a balance to be struck. And we, you know, in many ways, we're still trying to find exactly what the right formula is. Um, how long this this cycle is going to last? Um, I'm not sure that we've we've actually come up with a good answer to that yet, have we, guys? The first one it took us 26 classes, I think. This one we have 18 classes, if I'm if I'm correct. Uh, but the pace wait, is wait, different. Wait, wait. So you have 18 scheduled, you mean? I mean, we I done mean, so far on the second course 18 classes. Oh, okay. So this is the so this magic number september 18th or 12th or whatever it was that's the second time you've started over yes Third. Oh, yes. so, yeah, so yeah, you've yeah. you're it's now completing the, the second course. cycle and the first cycle had 26 classes and this cycle has 18 yes 
Okay. And how far do we get at the end of the cycle? I mean, how, I don't know, I don't know how to put a number on that or whatever, but I mean, how, give us some feel for. So, I mean, we, the, the reason why it's less classes firstly this time is because we are sort of changing the format. We're going for this modular structure. Um, however, one of the things that will remain consistent is, is essentially at the end, we, we give you a test. Um, and that, that test consists of actually being given a specification. So we say, you know, here's what you need to make a program do. Here's a, you know, here's the thing, basically. Um, some, somewhat in a similar way as you would expect from a, a product manager to say, you know, do this feature, whatever. Um, and then they, they essentially get a week to, to then complete it. Um, and then we, we take the submissions in. Um, we, we, grade, I, we grade them, or I will grade them, then Tristan will review them, and then we usually get someone from outside of us to, to sort of assert that our grades were fair and, and just and all that good stuff. Um, but the, the culmination essentially is that you, you should be able to write a at least a command line uh, C++ application, demonstrate usage of the STL, you know, the containers, um, and ideally if you've really absorbed everything, do some unit testing, catch, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but that, that's, that's, that's sort of where we, we try to get you. Suck up. Or Google Test. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> here, man. can't say that. <laughs> okay. So, um, so, so someone's, someone's going to solve what you would consider a world, real world problem. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, write me a command line tool that's going to take care of this issue for me. It may not be. Uh, uh, the most complicated problem in the world, but it, but it demonstrates, you have to demonstrate some proficiency with essentially the entire cycle of um, processing input, storing it somewhere, manipulating it, producing output. Yeah, or like game. And, and if they're doing it well, there's, uh, there's unit tests uh, of components. Okay. Um, so one of the questions that I have is, Generally speaking, one of the things that we teach pretty early on with C++ is how to do object-oriented programming, how to handle virtual functions and things like that. That's how I learned C++, but then I learned C++ back in the 90s, and that's that was all the, all the rage back in the 90s. Everything was object-oriented programming. But when I look at what people are doing with C++ today, and I'm talking about people who are presenting at conferences, you know, Phil and I run, run, run conferences, so we know what you know, what's the exciting topic? I'm not getting people who are talking about object-oriented programming. I'm talking about uh, getting people who are talking about embedded things or or metaprogramming or some kind of interesting template thing or something like that. There's not a whole lot of people who are saying, hey, here's a new, you know, object-oriented pattern approach. Um, so where do you guys come down on that? Are you teaching them? object-oriented programming or are you teaching them a value semantic approach to solving problems i think you're right that the object-oriented programming does it has sort of fallen out of fashion a bit um if you look at languages like uh like rust doesn't have inheritance for example swift although it does have a lot of oop stuff because it has to interface with coco uh there's a lot of a lot of very modern what looks like template-based stuff in there as well um that said, I do think that that OOP is still uh, useful uh, for a, a large class of problems, and uh, in a way, it's it, you know modelling the world with with objects uh, can be a sort of easier way to to grasp to approach problems as well. Um, so I think there is there is value in it. Uh, so the way I sort of structured things is that we started off talking about value semantics and. Um, you know, initially when we introduce functions, don't even mention kind of reference parameters, just always pass things by value to functions because it's just an easier way to, you know, teach people what a function is, how you write them in C++ and that sort of thing. And it's only much later on in the course, uh, so just the last few weeks, in fact, that we've started talking about uh, object-oriented programming, inheritance, virtual functions, and those sorts of things. Whereas, as you say, probably if we've been doing this in the 90s or the early 2000s, we might have started started off with that a bit earlier. So so you are covering it, but it's not emphasized. You, you, you give it a grounding in value semantics and the STL and that kind of approach. That, I guess, okay. essentially. That seems, yeah, that seems a more modern approach. One of the issues is I don't, you know, I do training. That's what I do. Uh, I do training 
but almost always for experienced, I, I had, um, I, I just recently been for the first time really in, since I've been doing training was approached by someone who said, well, we've got a team that's essentially has no C++ knowledge, but we, we want to start moving them in a new project. And so these are C programmers and Python programmers, and we need C++ from scratch. I don't have any material for that. I, I've been scrambling to find some uh, training material for them. And I, and I don't know how to answer these kinds of questions. I more or less, when I'm teaching a class, I more or less assume that they're object-oriented programmers, and I'm trying to break them of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't do, I don't do that, actually. I, I just teach them uh, value semantics, and I ignore the object-oriented stuff. And we talk about how to do it properly um, so that if you are doing object-oriented programming, you do it the right way. But And so I don't really try to discourage them from doing it, but I do show them alternatives, and I don't think they even realize that's what I'm doing. I think they just think of it as, oh, here's a new technique you can do with C++. I think they assume that you would just use that with object-oriented programming as anything else. Um, and, so, and so that was one of the questions. Uh, you know, I, I, like I say, I'm, I'm fascinated by training. I'm fascinated by C++, but I just don't have much experience working with, with beginners. And so I'm fascinated by what you guys are doing. And I assume what you're doing is a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's one thing to, to talk to somebody who has a lot of experience and you show them some neat thing and, and you watch their eyes light up when you, when you first explain some new modern feature to them, but that doesn't happen very often because they're jaded C++ programmers. But I imagine for new people, you're hitting them with all sorts of cool stuff all the time. And that's gotta be a lot of fun. It's it definitely, I mean, for me, being kind of the guy at the front mostly, um, like you say, it, it's it's very rewarding when you, you're there and you're presenting something and you can see sort of people's, you can see the moment the penny drops. Um, and you, can, you can actually sort of be looking out over these tables of people and actually kind of see the moment everybody gets it. And that's, to me personally, I find that very rewarding. Um. So that's actually, you know, it's part of the reason I, I carry on doing it. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely definitely a motivator for me. All right, so let's talk a little bit about um, graduates of your course. You've done the course one time completely and almost a second time. You're really close. I mean, September, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're you're wrapping these people up, right? You're about ready to kick them out of the te- nest. I suppose well, you're just about ready to do the test on them now. You said there was a test at the end. So that would be the effectively the modular test. So so where we've where we've got to right now um, with them is is that we we've broken them into object oriented uh, paradigms. Um, so I mean in ter- in terms of bringing them to what we consider like the big our big final tests where you know if you pass you get a certificate of some grade. Um, I think I think they're <clears throat> definitely at least a couple of at least a couple of months off. So, okay, so. Um, so for these graduates, what now, um, you guys aren't running a second round advance. I'm sure that it's been suggested to you a lot, you know, can we do the advanced version of what you're doing? But I'm sure you guys also understand how much bandwidth that would take. And, you know, you're going to need to be instead of three of you, there probably needs to be nine of you if you're going to do that. Um, but, uh, uh, but, but are these, uh, are the graduates, are they ready now to go to C++ on C? Are they going to be at C <laughs> when uh, when they go to those kinds of sessions? Because I assume, uh, I'll, I'll let you answer this, Phil, you've seen the submissions, but I assume most of the submissions you're getting are kind of like what we see at C++ now and ACCU, which is, the, you know, it's the new exciting stuff. It's not journeyman stuff. It's kind of master stuff, right? It's an interesting question because... Uh one of the goals of C++ on C is to be more inclusive uh, on a number of dimensions, but in- including uh, where people see themselves in, in terms of C++ experience. So, of course, we'll have lots of talks from the experts, talking to experts. But I wanted to try and get some content that's going to be at least accessible to beginners and intermediates as well. And I've definitely seen some good candidates for that in the the list of submissions. So the reviews are still ongoing at the moment, so I don't have the final program, but... Uh, definitely hoping to to achieve a, a balance in the program like that. So I think people who are coming off of um, the C plus plus London Uni course should be well prepared for for that. That's that's the idea. Okay. I, I know this is one of the things you know. It's at CppCon when I first envisioned CppCon, I, I wasn't really planning to do it the first 
you know, right away, there's lots of things I wanted to do. We don't start out. We add things over time. CPPCon has added a lot of stuff. Um, but I, but I thought, well, we have a beginner track at some point. And now I'm wondering if that'll ever happen. And the reason is because the makeup of CPPCon, most of the people there have multiple years of C++ training. There, you know, I think if we had a beginner track, there might be one or two people sneaking in, but it would be pretty much empty. And even though we offer, I mean, we have students, we offer a really, really inexpensive registration for students. And if you talk to these students, these are the students <laughs> who are the people who, you know, do, uh, you know, boost summer of code and things like that. These are not, these are not beginners, despite the fact that they're students, they're you know, very often more advanced in some of the things they're doing than uh, many of the other CPP con attendees. So we don't get beginners. And I think part of the reason is that companies don't send beginners to conferences. They might send them to a university class uh, and say, well, this is where you start, but they're not going to send them off to a week of CPP con, which in retrospect, now it makes sense to me. But when I first did it, I thought, well, well, you know, this is going to be a conference for everyone. Like you were talking about C++ on C. It's going to be for everyone, and we'll have some stuff for beginners and such as that. It just doesn't – it's really it's really a lot easier to attract the experts than it is to attract sessions directed at beginners. And then we don't have that audience, even if we did have those sessions. That is definitely a, a problem, and we'll see how it goes. But I'm not necessarily looking for material that's only for beginners, mm-hmm. but material which um, would be accessible to beginners, but would also appeal to the people across the whole spectrum, right. or at least up to intermediates. Uh, I think that would still fit into the program well. Mm-hmm. And I have had questions from people who um, do consider themselves more beginners and want to know if the conference is going to be for them. So there is an audience there. Mm-hmm. Whether many of them will actually turn up, uh, that, that remains to be seen. Right. Uh, were you going to say something, Tristan? Oh, well, just to say that, you know, most companies have a, a sort of a limited budget for sending people to conferences, flights, hotels, registration, all of that. And, you know, it's going to be the senior guys who say, of okay, course. I want that, yeah. um, which is which is a bit unfortunate. Uh, but that's why I think it's a great thing that um, at CPPCon, in fact, almost all the conferences these days, they put all the talks uh, on YouTube uh, afterwards, which it, I think is probably really good for for people who are not able to attend in person but can still catch up with with all the latest developments so, so thank you for that is what i'm <laughs> trying to say well uh related to sharing of ip uh, um are you how, how do i say this have you captured the class in such a way that let, let's suppose someone you know in the bay area we have as many as many if not more technical people than you have in london um suppose someone in the bay area was all excited and said hey we want to copy your success uh we don't want tristan to have all the fun i want to i want to start teaching locally but you know that's just an amazing amount of work and why don't i leverage what you guys have learned about how to teach is this material something that you could say here's a bunch of PDFs or here's our material, or is it kind of like, well, I got a bunch of notes that I use and, and it's not really something I can share because you wouldn't be able to understand what I'm trying to say on my notes. Um, absolutely. If, if there is somebody who wants to go and start up, you know, C++ San Francisco uni or whatever it might be, um, please. Yes. Contact us. Cause that would be fantastic. We want a fight club in every city. Um, <laughs> um but we don't talk about that that's the first rule. yes yes well i've just broken that <laughs> but you know that 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 would be great and um uh i do i have a pile of keynote files sat on my laptop that i'd be i'd be more than happy to share um and probably clean them up and add some proper notes that mean something to other people but uh i'd be more than happy to do that we need to Get them in a GitHub so that people can give you feedback. On Although, if they're keynote, they well, the, the PDFs, a... the 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 final PDFs are, are on GitHub. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, from the from the beginning, uh, we are open to to be accessible by you know as many people as we can. So our goal is to allow people, regardless where they are, <laughs> not only physically in London, but our maybe my idea 
was to allow people from other places. Uh, so if they're in Bay Area, I don't know, China, what have you, they can watch and participate in our classes. And I put lots of uh, attention to people who are, for example, disabled. If you have a problem commuting, our class should allow you to basically participate in it without the need to physically get to us. And if you look on our uh, YouTube channel, <laughs> we pretty much managed to uh, capture most of the classes we have. So we're creating like a library so people can go there. Because the, the, the problem with YouTube was you follow someone, but you might not get the full catalog of all the, all the let's say, parts of C++ you want to learn. And we would like to basically fix that. So you go there and you can rewatch all the all the <coughs> all the parts and hopefully learn something from it. Um, if somebody wants to, you know, uh, work with us, you know, Bay Area, you know, Singapore, whatever, yeah, we're very happy. As long as they keep the name. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to say, um, I'm not trying to downplay the ability to attend remotely or watch the videos, but it's not quite the same thing as being in the same room with someone who you can ask questions of. I mean, I, I, I think, I hope that we all appreciate that there's a difference in, in there. It's, it's not that, uh, I mean, I fought really hard to, to make certain that all our, our, our material CPPCon is recorded and put online. It's not that I don't appreciate that. I just don't think it's the same thing. Uh, it's, it's the best we can do, but, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. It's it's the best we can do if you can't be there in person. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, if yeah. you look on our stats, as I said, we have in in person, we have pretty much most of the time over twenty or close to twenty people. Uh, where online we have between five ten people. <laughs> so the 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 majority is, is pretty much always on on uh, you know on site. And do they stick with it? I guess, you know, do you start out with 20 and it dwindles down to 13 or do uh, most of the people make it all the way through? Because it's, well, it's a big commitment to say we're going to meet once a week. That's not, that's it, not nothing. It, it does. It does. It does drop over the time. So, for example, like I start, uh, I create like a spreadsheet with uh, names of people. Uh, so at the start, we had approximately 70 people who are joining us. Now it's down to, let's say, around 20. And there's plus extra couple of which are new. So it's not like we have a huge chunk of the same people. Uh, it could be due to the, the fact it, that the course takes quite quite long, yes? A on a day plus a number of weeks. <clears throat> so that might be two factors that uh, stopping people. Yes, people have work, life, you know, travel and so on. As you say, London is extremely uh, dynamic city, so people are moving in and out. So that could be as well part of it. We're trying to work out. We talk to people. Sure. If someone has started the course and done the first five, six weeks, and they missed a couple of weeks, are they going to be able to rejoin the course? Uh, well, we have recordings, so they can still follow us. Yeah, uh-huh. So that's one. That's one. One of one of the, the the beauties. If you're traveling and if you're committed, you can basically follow the class. You can ask the questions, and uh, hopefully stick with us. Uh, but we repeat the course, as you can see. So if if you for whatever reason can continue, you can come back to the next part. So, do you have an exercise every week? Is that uh, the way? Is that the structure? There's a a homework assignment every week, and then we talk about it next week. We, we, we do try. Uh, I mean, what we discovered, one of the problems which you had with this course, uh, it was going much slower than we anticipated. It was uh, that the exercises were uh, consuming quite a big chunk of uh, the, the lecture. And you can't do one without another. So what we did, we decided to change the, the formats uh, where the class will be taking place on Tuesdays. And on Thursdays, we will create like a workshop. So people will, the same people who, the students will go another time. Uh, and our idea is to see whether that will work. So they can sit down. There will be one more experienced developer who will uh, help them. There won't be no lecture at all. He'll just try to give them pointers when they start so they can have 
let's say, three hours or whatever they want and do the exercises. Is there a... Uh, so I used to, when I say that I don't don't, don't teach beginner C++, I, I did teach a, a college class which was a, a, an introduction to C++ for a lot of students. They were, they were master's degree students, but uh, a lot of them didn't have CS degree background. So they were new to C++, but they weren't new programmers. Um, the, the question I was going to ask is, do you, uh, um, what I had, what I had set up was I just had an email address and people could ask questions. And I made certain that when they asked questions, everybody saw the question. And a lot of times other people could answer the question before me. And that really made it easier for me. So somebody would ask a question, I'm trying to do the homework assignment and I'm stuck on this. And then, you know, I was working a day job at the time, so I couldn't reply quickly. But a lot of times another student would say, well, try this or do this. And in some cases I would have to then respond and say, well, that's not really the right approach, (laughs) but but it was helpful. So is there a, um, is there a forum for your students to talk to each other as they work on programs? Is there a way of, is there an online between the class communication kind of thing? Uh, Slack. So we, um, we, we encourage all our students to join the, the CPP Lang Slack. We've got our own, uh, room area group whatever it's called on there <laughs> channel, um, channel channel that's that's the word i was looking for uh yes and uh, um so that's exactly for for exactly the reason you said for being able to discuss between classes so i've kind of been lurking in there and i don't really see a lot of technical questions they're more well you know it seems to me um that the, the questions are more like are we meeting tonight and you know those kinds of things um is that just because people understand your lecture is so clear that nobody yeah, has questions? Yeah, I, I on obviously the just do everything. Yes, no, I, um, that's a good question. We, uh, I don't know precisely the reason for that. Uh, it seems to vary. You know, sometimes we there will be a lot of quite good technical discussion, and then there'll be uh, tumbleweed for a week or two. So I'm not I'm not quite sure of the reason for that. Okay. Okay. Of course, the problem with the CPP Lang Slack is that the the history disappears after a few days. So you need to be going in there regularly to actually see anything. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that is a bit unfortunate. But on the bright side, our YouTube videos do keep the chat history. That's true. The live yeah. live yeah, chat. It, <clears throat> so when you live stream on YouTube, there's actually a live chat, and we do answer um, questions there. So it gives it gives a little bit more interactivity than, than obviously still not as good as just being there. Yeah, depending on how you learn. Um, but there is we do we do actually answer questions for mm-hmm. that as well. So talking to the CPP Lang Slack, uh, there is a question huh? for for the guests. Uh, what, why do people come to learn C++ in the first place? Are they hobbyists or are they looking to change their career or they they want to write their own AAA game on the side? Sorry, I mean, it really has been, it's been, um, I've heard a few, I heard a few personal anecdotes and, until we took our survey and, and initially I was just, I was just hearing like, oh, I would really love to get into programming saw you guys had a free course so here i am kind of thing um eventually we actually this full survey um asking sort of you know, just gathering various different metrics and, and funny enough one of the ones i put into the survey was exactly this question um people had multiple reasons um it, it wasn't actually just a singular reason uh, the main reason was either they wanted to break into the industry and get a job as a c++ programmer uh, or it was because they were already in the industry in terms of programming, um, but they wanted to get into C++ rather than, say, what they're doing, which could have been Java, C-sharp, JavaScript, etc. Um, and then there was a few, or actually sort of quite a few, who also added the reason that like, they are also doing this for fun. Um, they enjoy doing it. Um, yeah, those, those are literally the main reasons, yeah. Yeah, the, the surprising answer was the fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, d- I didn't think C++ became fun until you've been doing it for about 20 years. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think after 20 years, you've, you've squeezed all the fun out of it, right? <laughs> um, no, you're doing a wrong job. Do you have any, yeah, right. Do you have any, um, I, I guess you can anonymize this if you want. Do you have any success stories? Do you have any uh, any stories of graduates or people during the class who come to you and say, you know, I, I really was stuck on programming, but you've the pennies dropped because you explained it so well? Or someone who said, hey, I was able to change jobs because I had the confidence to go in and 
and show them what I could do. Anything you want to share along that line? So uh, one of the guys we've had was actually already a, already a C++ developer, and um, he still he still actually attends just to also help us occasionally. Um, and he's definitely really loved our classes. He's, he's picked up new techniques, um, you know, just from what our, our, we do aim to teach him on C++, so he's enjoyed it. Um, another chap we've had, um, not, obviously can't say who he is, but he's, he's currently working in, in the finance industry, um, and he's doing a sort of QA role. And um, since, he's, since he's worked with us, um, oddly enough, not C++, but he's heading towards Java, um, so it's <clears throat> he definitely says it's helped him get a leg up there, um, and obviously, ultimately, he'd like to transition, of course, to to C plus plus. Um, I will say, of course, in London, course. it's very heavily Java. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd call the Java one a success story, but it's, it's a work in progress. Okay? <laughs> well, what I what I would say is, I'm I'm not at all surprised that someone who's an experienced C plus plus programmer would come to your class and still learn things. One of the things that I've uh, what I feel is, you know, I can I can go to a talk. And someone might give a talk and, and you ask me afterwards, did you get a lot out of the talk? And I'd say, yes. And they say, can you tell me one thing you didn't know before you, before you attended the talk? And I might be, well, that's kind of hard to say because sometimes even when you're told, I kind of knew all those things, but the presentation pulled it together. So I understand it better. I have more confidence. I understand the reasoning better. It makes more sense now. I'm not memorizing it. Instead, I can reason through it. Um, and then even, even when I'm, you know, there are talks also where they're covering something I think I know. And someone will say, now, you may not know this, but this is true. I was like, oh, well, I didn't know that. Is is that? Oh. And so the idea that someone could, someone who's an experienced C++ programmer go to your talk and not get something out of it doesn't, or that do get something out of it is kind of a surprise. In fact, I'd be surprised if someone said I could go to this talk and I got nothing out of it. Almost anything. Um, C++ has just got so many corners that even someone who's been using it for years may not have uh, looked in this particular corner and you can explain, well, you know, this works like this. And in fact, if you were talking about, I had, uh, when I was working, this was a professional situation and there was someone who was learning to see, he was a, he was a, a QA tester and he wasn't used to doing C++. And so I was talking to him about how he could do a particular project in C++, and he was doing a lot of stream IO stuff. And I realized when he was asking some questions, like, you know, I used to know that, <laughs> but I don't do stream IO, you know, it's we write GUI apps, who actually does stream IO anymore, right? And so he was really um, not just doing trivial stuff, he was, he was doing a little bit of advanced stuff with stream IO. And, uh, and uh, when he asked the question, it's like, you know, that's a really good question. And I used to know the answer, but we're going to look that up because I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, uh, we are running, let's say, a reasonably short time to, to, to get more success stories because obviously it's stuff like that. You, you can't learn C++ within a year. So stuff like this, you know, will, will start coming out, you know, further down the line. Uh, but it does make life, I believe, Personally, it, it makes a difference because it opens you to new new things. And even if you don't uh, benefit from that instantly, that will benefit down the line because, you know, it's better to know something extra than don't. Yeah, simple as that. Uh, <clears throat> and by creating the, the, the you know, the, the group of people who we know each other, that helps as well, you know, other people. Uh, you know, when I, st- when I started just over a year ago, I knew two or maybe three developers. That's all. Now I know probably more than a hundred, uh, and that's something. <laughs> you know, that, that's not that's not nothing. That's a lot. <laughs> H- having having a having a community you can ask questions of and get advice from. That's huge. I mean, w- w- what's really nice about C plus plus. It, the the community is extremely welcoming. Uh, I know that that uh, Kate Gregory and, and other people created the, the include, but from my experience, uh, I would say that the, the only time the the, the the C plus plus community in London uh, on Slack they're extremely nice people uh, compared to the Stack Overflow. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> 
I, I love the, the the joke. You know, the, the that's because Phil drives out all the troublemakers, right, Phil? Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know if you if you saw the the, the the cartoon. You know, there's a job interview. So, what do you you know? Why do you want to work with us? That's a stupid question. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so C++ is really full of great people. I, I feel that way. I, I, I don't, I, I, I've really enjoyed working in the C++ community. I think part of it is that C++ is so hard that we're all a little humble. There's nobody who thinks that they, that, that they can't say the wrong thing or jump to the wrong conclusion or look at code and, and guess the wrong reason uh, for why you're getting an error message or something like that. I mean, it's just, it's so complicated that we really have to help each other. And there's no situation where we, I mean, I, I've talked to um, some, you know, some re, some some experts with real credentials, you know, Howard Hinnett or Louis Dion or someone like that. And they're all very humble. They, they don't come off as arrogant and they're as entitled to as anyone you can imagine with the, um, with the mastery they've shown. And yet they're not that way at all. They're not only humble about themselves, they're helpful and, and curious and, you know, ready, ready to coach and encourage. I love this community for that reason. I think you're absolutely right about that. Well, Strausstrup himself rates himself as seven out of 10 on the Strausstrup scale. (laughs) Yeah. As soon as I, as soon as I hear someone refer to themselves, I think we've uh, we've frozen John out somehow. Well, while we wait for John to come back, I had one other question for you. So you're doing this uh, this weekly course, uh, several hours a week, with uh, very high quality uh, instructor led uh, lessons. It must cost a lot to to join up. How, how much does it cost? Zero pounds and zero pence. Absolutely free. That's hundred percent free. That's pretty impressive. So whether you turn up in, in person at a, an expensive venue or you watch online, it's all for free. Absolutely. Absolutely. And are you planning to keep it that way? Yeah, definitely. We've, we've been very lucky. Our venue, um, you know, kindly hosts us weekly. Um, occasionally they get booked out and we have to go somewhere else, in which case we've had other companies step in and we're, we're very grateful to that. So thank you to them. Excellent. It's good to hear. We now have the bizarre situation where we have two Johns. <laughs> oh, one of them disappeared. Oh, no. One's gone. Uh, the anti-John uh, just, has gone. Just, just, uh, yeah, uh, Chrome just crashed on me. It was really exciting. Um, uh, to other small small thing, uh, we obviously we're looking for sponsors because the success of such a project is not for us to run it and then the project will be you know, life's kicking in and we, for example, we can't for whatever reason be part of the project. The project basically just goes and dies. So we're looking for, you know, if you know anybody, uh, any organization that would like to give us a hand, uh, just reach to us because as you can see, we are creating the new generation of C++ developers. Uh, how, how many people do we, do you think we helped the probably Christian? That's an estimate. I mean, we, if, if you look at the people that have been long-term, I, I, that's easy over sort of maybe, maybe the 50s, in the 50s region. In terms of the total or the number of people we've had come through for how many weeks, Crikey, I don't know, it's easily over a hundred and something, I want to say. So our, our group is starting to, to get traction, yes? We got over 300, by now, 300 uh, subscribers to YouTube channel. I think something like 3,000 views of our videos. Uh, and every day, it's like you see more and more users are joining. So, yeah, it, it help, I suspect it, we, we're doing something good for, for other. What I find interesting is uh, after the live video goes out, it's, it's saved on YouTube, and you can look at the view counter. So if I go through and look at some videos from a couple of weeks ago, then, you know, it's got 50, 100, 150 views, and... Uh, we can see the exercises are on GitHub and those repositories are being cloned sometime after the actual the actual class. So, you know, there are people who are following us who we don't actually know about. We have got no idea who they are, but they are they are out there, which is is quite fun as well. 
So are you looking, when you say a spot, are you looking for corporate sponsorship? It, it would be a good idea because at the moment we're completely volunteering and uh, it takes pretty much, I would say, more than a day from our calendar. Yes. The, 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 I mean, specifically, Tristan is, <coughs> is spending a lot of time. Uh, I spent a bit of time as well, Oliver as well. Uh, so finding a way how we can ensure that this this project can continue obviously will will be beneficial uh <coughs> one of the things Tristan can cover his ear for for, for a second uh we, we we're trying to we created a goFundMe page uh because Tristan laptop is uh, packing up <coughs> and that's the way he's creating slides I know sorry Tristan I know I know <coughs> but we had, I mean, what's coming back to the great, great uh, community? We had some people who paid not 10, 20 pounds, but they pay over 100 pounds uh, just as a, as a way of saying thank you for, for you know, what Tristan is doing. Uh, so, yeah, this is probably one of the nicest communities to work with. It's not a total loss. I've loaned him a Mac with a dead battery. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty dire situation. <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate you guys being on and, and talking to us about this. I'm really hoping to see another community somewhere that wants to use your material and start making it happen. Um, there's certainly the, the Bay Area is in a great situation, but I'm not sure who's going to take it on. I do so much traveling, and, and so it, it, it would be irresponsible of me to try to take it on because I would be teaching maybe one class every other month or something like that. <laughs> it's not all I'd be able to do. Um, but, uh, but I'd like to see someone somewhere take this on because that would be an incredible endorsement of what you guys have done, the research you've done and made and, and proving that it's not magic. It's that you guys have figured out a formula that, that can be replicated somewhere else. That would be really exciting. Um, anything else, uh, any comment you want to make, Phil, you've got to be feel really proud. You, you kind of, um, you know, kicked this off, got this started. A godfather. Well, really, really, it was down to to Tom. Uh, he he picked it up and ran with it. He asked the original question. All I did was say, "Yeah, that sounds like a good idea." <laughs> so I can't really claim any credit. Feely, Feely, it's it's a little bit too shy. He's like a proper godfather. <laughs> we just need to get him a ring. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you come here on my podcast and you say that about me. <laughs> I mean, uh, if, um, can, we, we, we're hoping we could ask just a small favor. Uh, as, as, as I mentioned, in September, we'll have the extra workshop. Uh, if there are any more experienced developer who have a couple of hours spare on mostly Thursdays and they are on Morgate, if they would mind to uh, get in touch with us and pop in and give a hand to the students when when they they they're exercising and they're scratching their heads, they can't make uh, heads and tails of the loops and so on. Yeah, we're always looking for people to help out as well, not just students, but uh, but anybody in London who who knows C plus plus and thinks this might be fun. Uh, it is fun, and come and join us. Yeah, I've dropped in a few times, and it's it's a very rewarding experience, and you you learn a lot. Not necessarily about C plus plus, although sometimes, but just you learn a lot about people, what they're willing to do, and how they learn. It's uh, definitely something you should do. So, do we have any um, other news we need to get into before we wrap up, John? Or did we lose John again? Oh, that looks like a freeze screen. John is, think- John is thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Or rebooting. Okay, well, I think we do need to wrap up. Um, looking through the uh, the show plan, I don't think there's anything else we needed to to really get into. I should probably just remind everyone again because they've probably forgotten. But I, I do run this conference called C plus plus on C, uh, which the, the tickets are open for. So you should all go and sign up there. Early bird tickets will be open for another couple of weeks, so a good time to get them. Uh, all the other conferences are are mostly selling tickets now as well. So. I think we should probably give John just a moment to reconnect so he can say safe coding. Um, well, I think we see some of the people on Monday, am I correct? Uh, there is a C++ London on Monday, which I'm not going to be at. 
because yeah, I have to be I somewhere think else. I'll be hosting it, am I? So thank you, Tom, for, for volunteering to, to host that. <laughs> that's going to be good. Yeah, we've got three speakers lined up for that, so that's going to be a good one, I think. Um, I'm not sure if John's coming back, so... Oh, oh here, yeah, he is. here he is. The Hopefully that'll be better than that guy you had the other month talking about <laughs> ranges. That was a, That just went on and on. So, um, John, we were just uh, wrapping up. We just wanted to wait for you before we say safe coding. I appreciate your waiting. I'm, uh, I'm having all these adventures with my browser. So, um, so did we, did we talk about any announcements we needed to make or anything like that? Uh, did we yeah, talk about tool time? Decided there weren't. Oh yeah. Tool time. We, we probably should talk about, we, we, we teased it last week, didn't we? But the announcement's gone out. Uh, it's been very well received. Did you say that there were nine signups earlier already? Um, yes, I think either eight or nine. I think I was counting myself when I when I did the test sign up. So that one. If you're signed up, that means you're, you're in. in there. Yeah, there. I think I, actually, I think a ninth one came in uh, just a few minutes ago. So yeah. Um, so John is going to be talking about test. That's right. right. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about uh, how to keep your browser up when you're trying to use Hangouts. But uh, uh, thank you for waiting for me, and I'm going to uh, join you guys in saying to everyone, uh, safe coding. Safe coding. Thanks for asking. Safe coding.